was like, it's all right, we're wearing steel caps, we're safe. <laughs> this is the safest it <laughs> This gets. is the safest it gets. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but maybe I'll just welcome our listeners and then ask you some questions okay. down. But just hold it real close. So, real close. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today mm. we're chatting with Yukino McHugh and we're in yeah. one of the harbour parks in Sydney. Hi, Kino. Hello, Matt. <laughs> Um, should we start with maybe uh, what people might think of you in relationship to? Okay. Like, not a bio, but <laughs> a bio. <laughs> right, not like an official one, but really, yeah. yes. Um, okay, yeah. I think a lot of people probably know me through um, more commercial dance um, because that's what I've been training in since I was little. Um, I guess, yeah, I've been really interested in, like, learning every single style of dance. I have a thing about just wanting to learn everything, you know, not just, like, one thing. Um, yeah, but I don't know what they would really know me for, I guess. Um, what would you like people to know you for in the future? Mm, I guess maybe, like, my movement. Yeah, I try and, like, train that pretty hard. Yeah. And what are you working on or what are you thinking about? Um, I guess the uh, main things that I'm working on right now is um, I did a D.A.R.E. residency um, through Ausdance um, in May and I had four people, two two dancers from the Gold Coast with a hip-hop background and two dancers from Sydney with a contemporary background and um, we did a, yeah, we did a development for two weeks and that went really well. Um, it was actually like my first development so that was like kind of scary um, but it was really cool because I got to like actually figure out who I am as a choreographer in a way and um, I guess I'm just trying to work on um, yeah, where to take it from there because I'm quite new to all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> and did you go in with a really clear set of what you wanted to achieve or you were playing within certain ideas? Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting, actually, because um, I did at the start um i was like yeah so i want this to be this way and that way and i want a big thing at the end and um actually nick powell was the person that told me to apply and told him like my grand plan and he was like um yeah or you could (laughs) (laughs) you could just go in and explore like you know what about if you have no expectation and in a way like I've never even thought to have no expectations so that just opened up like a whole new whole new way of thinking and um so I actually just threw all of that out I had a few things that I really wanted to play with more ideas ideas and tasks but not really like an outcome yeah which was really cool can you give us a window into some of those tasks or yeah. one that was particularly fun? Or Yeah, um, okay, so uh, I was working with um, one, of the, one of the most, um, I don't know, fun things that I've, I found was um, playing with the fact, um, well, we were, we were actually also working with um, 
uh, like mental illnesses. And one of the ways we could almost turn that into a joy almost was to play with, um, I think in some ways, like our dignity. And I wanted to... I actually got the dancers to just task around trying to clean their face, uh, clean the floor with their face. And I think that was quite different to like what a lot of the dancers have tried (laughs) before, especially the boys with the hip hop backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we found some really cool movements and yeah, intentions and stuff with it. So yeah, that was pretty fun. Was the dignity thing trying to let go of dignity or? Yeah, it was it was letting go, but also making it really, um, I don't know, like make it very apparent that, is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, really, I don't know, obvious, I guess, in a way that um, that's sometimes that's how crazy you could get about something, you know. Sometimes you get so stuck on just wanting to clean this one thing that, you almost will do anything to clean it. And I think that was what we were, yeah, playing around with. And I guess that's where we kind of ended up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> what um, I'm interested in specifically choosing the cast that you did mm. and where they're from and the training that they had had and what you went, like, why you chose that going in and what mm. you felt like it resulted in yeah um i guess because i again have yeah a bit of quite a lot of commercial background um i wanted to also stay true to that as well and because i feel like it's almost a language that i speak and a lot of what i do probably wouldn't come across so clearly if they don't know how to um hit some sort of movements the way I do and I also um, wanted a massive contrast with that with I really love and I'm so inspired by this new contemporary world that I haven't really known anything about so I really wanted to um, I guess being half cast as well half Japanese half Australian like I've always loved mixing cultures and mixing styles and stuff like that so um, I chose and also when I se- when I asked for I guess there were, there were hip hop based um, dancers and I really wanted to make sure that they weren't um, I guess not just choreography dance hip hop dancers I really wanted people that practice hip hop so you know, Clarence was, um, you know, he trains street styles like crazy and so there's Jackson and he breaks. And then um, Tegan, one of my friends, she um, she's a beautiful contemporary dancer and also actually I couldn't find someone else and then Katie McCarthy, like, luckily found um, MK for me and she was phenomenal. So, and it was really cool watching them you know, collaborate together and get inspired by each other in different ways. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like um, what you needed were a team that each had their own practice, yeah. not just uh, a set of skills, actually, but like mm. an investment in their own subcultures. Yeah. And then yeah, that totally. made all the conversations more rich. Yeah, 
yeah you say it better than yeah yeah that's exactly where I was trying no, that's to go what, <laughs> I mean that's what I found in GIF project yeah but it wasn't really as considered as that it was more just that each one of these people mm. um do something that I want to be able to do <laughs> yeah totally hey <laughs> And so maybe if um, if I get them in the room, I'll just catch it or something. <laughs> yeah, it becomes like a disease. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it kind of did though. I yeah. feel. Yeah, it was so cool. I love it. And did it. that that happen for your for your residency? Yeah. Do you feel like? I definitely, and I think it was good that I I feel um, yeah like that I had people like Clarence and Jackson who were such um, you know that with such a heavy. Hip hop background, but also so open minded to learning other things, which is I find quite hard to find sometimes. <laughs> Your own open mindedness, or a team that is open minded. I find both are hard. Yeah, sometimes. Bo- both. I feel. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I and the cool thing about I guess like you know hip hop dancers that that practice it um, quite a bit. You know, they a lot of it is freestyling and almost tasking. So, in some ways, it's quite similar. So, I think it actually worked really well. And there were, you know, I saw, um, you know, people like MK and Tegan just wanting to, um, starting to kind of, you know, move, isolate their bodies in different mm-hmm. ways. And then I would see, you know, the boys trying to flow things a little bit more and melt things. And it was really cool to watch. Yeah. I remember um, going through VCA and Mm. having tried to be a break dancer and then going into contemporary land and then like as a breaker not being a very good freestyler but wanting Mm. to be and then in VCA being trained in improvisation yeah and just the the years that it it has taken me to try and work out what is the difference between freestyling and improvising yeah and what is a task that you set yourself and it's almost like yeah what is the difference uh, yeah, for you I, like um for me a little so bit i hope to get lost when i improvise and then mm. find myself somewhere new that i couldn't have thought myself to yeah whereas in freestyling I feel a little bit more pressure to deliver or something. Like when I'm freestyling, I should know the moves that I'm going to attempt, even if I don't know the sequence that they're in. Yeah, totally. Agreed. (laughs) Um, And somehow freestyling feels a bit more like freestyling within music, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is that it still sounds like music. Yeah. When I freestyle dance, it still looks like the dancing that I'm in whereas improvised sound or whatever and improvised dance yeah is can go so far off the rails yeah that it can get exciting um yeah yeah I don't know it's more like there's a duet that uh um technique that I made with a girl called Miranda Ween and I feel Mm. like we improvised in the studio for long enough to build the technique but then by the time we got to stage we were freestyling wow, because okay, we yeah. had a language that we shared and yeah. we had moves that we knew and could anticipate oh, and wow, even though the cool. sequence wasn't set 
Mm. We had a clearly defined way to dance. Wow, Maybe that's, that's cool. Maybe that's where yeah. it sits for me. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's two different things. Um, yeah, I remember when I was young, I got taught... As opposed to now? <laughs> I know. Why, why do we say that? I don't know why. It's like an automatic thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I was probably about eight... <laughs> Um, (laughs) I remember being taught um, when they said freestyle and, you know, everyone would be doing like cartwheels and (laughs) jetes and kicks. And then, you know, as a kid, you're like, sometimes you do question things. and You go, I feel like there's something wrong here. And um, (laughs) and I remember this one teacher came in, which is actually Travis Ross. And remember, he's completely changed my way of thinking of freestyle. And he goes, freestyle. I like to look at it as free of style. And I was like, oh, that's what it means. It doesn't mean grongete, you know, and it's, it, and I think that's when, you know, I think freestyle, the labels sometimes, yeah, you can get, you know, stuck in your brain. Mm. <laughs> so I wonder about the the liberation of Nick Power listening to your grand plan and then mm-hmm. saying yes or mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder where you where you ended up versus where you had thought that you were going to try and end up yeah like in my development mm. yeah um, not in life that's that's a far <laughs> bigger question that's another one <laughs> um yeah, well, I was really happy with where it ended up because it almost now doesn't have a finish. Like, I don't mm. feel like there is, you know, usually I feel like, because um, especially commercial, again, it's just, I feel as though it's very expectation, expectation, expectation. I mean... To deliver. Yes, to deliver. Yeah. Which is cool too but um just to explore like not having that was so amazing and it ended up just becoming better than what I probably could have ever imagined it to be like I don't think I could have actually created that or like or you know prepared that ever because everything was um accidental in a way I I think you know I think that's what I'm really learning now is that, you know, not judging faults and accidents and actually letting them become the product rather than trying to, you know, polish a product so hard and forcing things. Yeah. Rechristening your weakness as your strength. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, otherwise you end up polishing shit. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, I've got this piece of shit. <laughs> Maybe if I just polish it enough. It will turn into a flower. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, so usually Wombat Radio goes what and mm-hmm. then how mm-hmm. and then why. So what feels solid? Like you got some people together from different backgrounds that, that are actually just backgrounds that make mm-hmm. up you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> you had a grand plan and then you let go of it so that you could find what was presented. Mm. So how? How did you work and how did you know what to keep and how did you know what to chase um i think that was probably like the hardest part was um how how do i do this and i guess 
uh, it was good that I did have a solid um, I had a solid story-ish thing that I went off I don't know how to explain it I watched this movie called Stonehurst Asylum and I was really inspired by it um, it was about like these people um, in the psychiatric hospital and they had taken over and they became the doctors and they locked up the doctors and I was like that's really cool so I really um, kind of wanted to dive into that world and kind of um, wanted to see because I think I was really trying to get out of my own comfortable zone you know comfort and I really wanted to push it. And so I was like, okay, how do I do this? And I think the extremist way that I could, do, I could think about was I put on a piece at a really, um, I, on, at this festival called Raw and Speak Easy. And um, for me, that was the scariest place I could have done it to be, I guess, you know, when I wanted to express how I was feeling, not to express it in a cool way. I wanted to be really true and real honest to the movement so we would just shake or all these things that people would be I find quite afraid to do in front of such talented you know beat killers mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so beat killers beat killers <laughs> so um I yeah so I guess we started off with just that for me was okay so let's let's actually talk about some of the mental illnesses that exist and then we started kind of taking um, taking some of, you know, maybe some movements that we can generate from that. And we also actually would do this incredible warm-up that um, my friend Nigel Turner-Carroll, um, he was my dramaturg for the process, and he um, introduced this awesome warm-up thing. It's like 20 minutes, and, you know, you could only just walk sit and tap that was like your three options and you had to do that for 20 minutes and we just started off with that every day and and something from that would spark sometimes or you know yeah we would just think about how that made us feel and it would go off by that or you know would give them restricting tasks and stuff like that yeah that's cool yeah sorry that was a really long answer long answers are fine awesome Do you think the the like the fear of doing something vulnerable and fresh and unknown in front of people who have skills that you respect and admire? Do you think that intimidation could come from like um, uh, somehow like a desire to prove your ability? Mm. Yeah, and. Some dancing is about proving and reproving ability, and some dancing yeah. is somehow about facilitating a state or an emotion or um, an audience to have an experience. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily show your ability off. Mm. <laughs> you you <laughs> somehow become like in service of the dance rather than the dance mm. being there to make you shine so true so true yeah and I wonder where Definitely. that 
I wonder where to sit within that because, of course, you want to mm. be this dope beat killer. Yeah. But on the other hand, you want to do something that's going to affect people. Yes, exactly. Got any insights on... Yeah, I feel like it actually, you know, I really was scared to do that. You know, just, I actually just was like, I wonder how they're going to react if we're just going to shake for a good few, you know, even just few seconds is a big deal in a way in that environment. And then we laughed on stage and I was like, well, I wonder how that's going to go. But, you know, I think we always, I I think that they are, I, I almost think that I was a lot more closed-minded than they were. Mm. In some ways, I think, you know, when I did that, I, I had a lot more, um, I don't know, a lot more response than I usually would because it was something different. And I think it's pretty much just like, you know, questioning the movements you know i think sometimes we forget to just question it and go can we just hit this or does could it like actually mean something you know and and if you do like sometimes you can go somewhere amazing and people might actually really connect to it maybe they've just never seen it no one's actually just tried it you know i think but um yeah I don't know it definitely takes a lot of you know for me it was hard because it's also hard it's really hard to get people to just want to shake (laughs) for real you know and to not make it look cool you know it's in it's in our instincts to now make it look cool like I noticed myself doing it even yeah must be hard must be hard when you have to hold your coolness back <laughs> when you fall over in the shops and you just you make it look cool and you catch yourself like, oh. what a hard day what a hard day <laughs> yeah exactly it's not you know it's not a problem that contemporary dancers have quite as much probably yeah in my experience in both worlds mm. but i i mean in my training in contemporary i do fall over much more often so maybe yeah that's awesome (laughs) i love that (laughs) yeah i guess like being honest is so hard sometimes you know honest to movements or you know yeah how do you listen to what the movement needs how do i listen yeah how can you tell how can you were you saying that um just just doing something and then feeling what needs to happen after that or just allowing something to be something and question its need to be cool mm. or question its need to be legitimate or valid or how do i find the yeah how do you know you're like oh this isn't all the things it isn't legitimate or valid or cool but uh, it still is something mm, i guess for me it would definitely be uh what is it called um my uh what is it when you keep doing the same thing um repetition no uh, commitment no um trust no it's more like habit oh habit there we go (laughs) (laughs) but cool words (laughs) all the wrong ones but they were there 
Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Habits. Even if I fall, you know, I just go, yeah, but if I really felt like, would I actually fall like that? That's Mm -hmm. like, that's when I would ask myself, um, I mean, but that's really obvious. You know, it's, it is really hard when it is maybe just like a hit with like your whole entire body. Boom. But um, yeah, I think definitely some, some things make you hit differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what things? I don't know. Like definitely for me, music. Yeah. Music is like my biggest thing that would change it all the different new awesome sounds that exist in the world now (laughs) it's so cool so much fun they can be so close so much closer than they used to be or they can be so much clearer than they used to be yeah louder and yeah yeah and almost like futuristic so it it almost like i feel like it just opens this whole new movement language that you can create yeah because it's a new sound yeah right so 20 years ago being musical or dancing with the musicality Mm. is totally different to doing that with music today yeah because music is different yeah like it it has expanded and so we have Mm -hmm. tried to keep up with it and it's given us a new landscape yep yeah that's cool yeah definitely I I think like you know the way they used to dance back in the days it's like you know because it was um, actual like acoustic you know instruments, instruments that needed to be played yeah, yeah by and, it, and hand. you can see the comfortability in everyone's bodies too like they've listened to it so long it's you know and the way they dance it's very it's home where nowadays i find it's very experimental if you look you know there's so many people experimenting with new sounds and mm. they're both great it's just fun to watch the one day the experimental will become home yeah. to someone and yeah. then we'll need some new experimental yeah. What are your favorite, um, if you're talking about habits, what's the habits of your words that you use when you're trying to get people to hit? Is it boom or car or t? Or <laughs> yeah, I've got so many. <laughs> I sound crazy. Um, I always do like a good boom, but nah, I never say like that. Nah, I commit way more. I'm always like boom. boom. <laughs> like it's always like I always tell my kids uh, I, you know that I teach I say like if I'm making weird sounds like that it's because I want you to like think about moving like that I'm not just wanting to sound crazy kind mm. of thing mm. so yeah I always use like a da, da. I always use those <laughs> so good depending on the song <laughs> I just try and mimic it how do you pick your songs um, when you're carrying yeah, right. Um, I like to have a few artists that I like, um, but I always try and go search for some. I really like songs that have really good vocals because I really like to be liquid at the same time as being like with big basses. So I, I think it's so that I don't get bored. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be just the worst if you were responsible for your own <laughs> inspiration and you was like nah and did, <laughs> didn't it. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it would suck exactly so you gotta you know choose yeah. it wisely yeah yeah because I think if it's especially like if it's a song that has repetitive beats it's so hard to choreograph because for me 
if I hear like that I feel like I have a movement for that and then it's hard for me to change that up because I get so comfortable in that one groove yeah yeah which is different to break dancing right because you almost need that backbeat right to keep you yeah but the really good breakers you can see that they are listening for the nuance or the unexpected mm. moment or the mm. or they can hear when it's a remix rather than when it's a, the standard Whoa. or something and cool. and so they're waiting for that um that horn stab or something so they can mm. freeze in it or flare in it or something like that because that's what makes everybody really excited is like yeah you can't have a blow up if you don't have a bass yeah true that's cool mm. nice but you also can't have bass if yeah i don't know too much bass it's all right. It's a long thought that I'm thinking that didn't make any sense. <laughs> Do you have a vision then in the future you're going to go back in with this piece or this piece is going to turn into a video or... The development? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to um, do it again, for sure. <laughs> um, I would love to be able to like show it you know um somewhere i'd love to have it possibly not in a theater but somewhere you know where people can come and watch because i think um yeah when we did it it was almost like a museum exhibition we kind of created the space so the audience moved with the whole thing and we had like just dancers staring at a blank wall like they're looking at um paintings and stuff and just playing with people's idea, like people's heads and we put them in a dark room for a while and did a solo and they just had to listen to it just like weird stuff like that and I think you can't show that through footage it's it's like personal experience and because it's so much about uncomfortability you can't get it's hard to get that through footage well maybe that's the challenge but for now I I really enjoyed doing it personally with people and bringing people in space together yeah yeah most um uncomfortability in film for me actually comes from the sound score Mm. that that's that's what makes you uncomfortable the things Mm. because the flat image is quite distant or something or it's not really there yeah yeah but the sound just makes it real yeah that's true hey very true Um, how much do you think living across cultures and across dance techniques uh, informs your thinking when you're thinking about all of this stuff Um, I think it definitely is one of my biggest influences you know Um, I guess because for me my mum always would question a lot of things ever since I was a kid and she would always kind of compare the two countries not in a negative way or sometimes positive just just to compare it she would just always be like well this is different here and now this is different there and I think I'm just 
really used to seeing a difference but finding beauty within both like mm. I really think that um, I hear I hear so many different stories you know I hear so you know people being like oh man that is the coolest country blah 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 from an outsider but a lot of the times what they say about their own place is quite different and I think that's quite the same with dancing as well you know well we always kind of find it almost easier to respect something that we're not so attached to in a way I find mm. so um yeah I it's it's pretty yeah it's pretty I think well, my biggest thing is trying to cross cultures and also never losing that respect and love for your original you know because I don't ever want to down talk my past in a way you know like I don't see the point in that I think I think do you feel yeah. like you have an original and then a original. secondary and then if you moved yeah. again you would have a tertiary the third yeah I guess so I find yeah I find like definitely um I've all I've known was um, commercial because it's so easy to find, you know. <laughs> like it's always there. It's like a, a comment on the world. Yeah. The the yeah the thing that is easiest to find is the thing that you know about. Yeah. First. Yeah. And is that the same with Japan and then Gold Coast and then Sydney? Yeah. They're like. Mm. You don't want to diss Gold Coast just because now you live in Sydney. Exactly. You never want to diss Gold Coast or Japan or Sydney. They're all great places. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was... Um, and it's not easy as well, I guess. Um, I found as a, as a kid, because, you know, when I moved from Sydney... No, from Japan to Australia... Um, you know your natural instinct especially when people make comments and in a you know like a jokey way or something your natural instinct is to down talk it as a joke so that it doesn't you can kind of pretend that it's not racist <laughs> you know racial comments you know and it's you want to do that so that almost that person doesn't feel comfortable uncomfortable and I've almost had, like, I remember having that fight as a kid being like, actually, do I have to do that? Or, you know, like, but I really, I don't think that it's lame, you know? Like, I love that I use chopsticks. It's so cool. It's like, it takes way more brain work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also fit more people on the table. Yeah. Because you've got the bowl in one hand, the chopsticks in the other hand, and then yep. everybody can snuggle into each each other exactly. as well. Yeah, and you get to, like, kiss the plate. <laughs> like, you have a great relationship with your food. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting what you say, though, about trying to almost not make a big deal out of something so that you don't make the offending party feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it makes me consider dance, actually. That happens in mm. in dance when people ask what you do and you have that split second where you have to wonder if you want to make them feel uncomfortable by being honest that mm -hmm. you're a dancer. Yeah. Which is not to say that 
choosing to be a dancer and being discriminated against on race are equal. It's just to say that it's it's an interesting consideration that like which party feels like they should adapt. Yeah. To avoid uncomfortability. Yep. On behalf of the other. Yeah. Mm. It is it's it is so interesting, hey. You can make a dance piece about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, you know, they always say um, the person throwing the punches are the ones that get hurt the most, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. feels like, yeah, it's, it's almost like if you, yeah, I don't know, trying to be a peace, you know? We all try and be like mad a peace, peace ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> How do you bring peace to the world? Through dance. Yeah. <laughs> Through existence. <laughs> Through existence. <laughs> Yeah. How's your um, support, like the people around you that, I guess, your community, support community in Sydney? In Sydney. Or in Gold Coast or in Japan or, like... So, yeah. I feel like nothing can happen completely solo. Like, you can't do actually anything good by yourself. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But I then wonder how to, you know, how to curate the people that are in your life and how to give them the time that they need and then how to Mm. ask them for what you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I find um, my support group just to be pretty incredible Um, (laughs) because I do weird stuff all the time and I'm, like, always changing what I do. But sometimes when you're just really connected with people they are always evolving too in a similar way but it could be so different but somehow it kind of matches up um it's like the directions don't matter as long as there is movement yeah Yeah. wow that was cool i'm gonna remember that yeah exactly (laughs) i've always remembered that you brought up was about rice cooker Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> it was the rice cooker. Um, and I just wanted to get it on recording. Like, can, you, can you just share with the listeners a little bit about the discrimination that you face in your home? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, well, gosh, imagine... Oh, let's hope none of them listen to this. Anyway, um, we, yeah, so we, have, so we have a toaster and this rice cooker. <laughs> Are they about the same size? It's like the same brand. It's the steam bean. Uh, steam yeah, bean or something yeah, like yeah. that, yeah. And so I always like to cook my rice and not to burn it because I'll forget about it. So I always put my rice cooker on and leave it there because the toast is always out. And every time I come home, the rice cooker gets take, like put away. And I just always think... Wait, why does the rice cooker have to go away? Why can't the toaster be put away? That is so racist. <laughs> oh, it's so Always good. left. Yeah. Yeah. Toaster's always out. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. You know, same thing, pretty much. Yeah, they're both just cooking carbs for us to put <laughs> exactly. other things on. <laughs> exactly. Daily, actually, in most times. Mm. Yep, that's the one. It's just one's round, one square. Ish, yeah. rectangle. Yeah. Yeah. And you could even just put a little steamer tray on top of the rice cooker and steam bread as well. 
<laughs> so you can exactly. be dealing with bread both times. I'm sure you could even toast it if you just had it. Toast the rice. Yeah, like, well, no. <laughs> no the bread. <laughs> yeah, toast the bread. Okay. If you just had it on the bottom. Mm. I feel like you could. Yeah, and you could probably do like five breads at once, like just put it around. Heating element. That's all it is, <laughs> a heating element. <laughs> exactly. Mm, culture clash. Culture clash. So yeah. maybe we're up to why. Like why? The, the yeah. effort that it takes to be a peace ambassador, the effort that it takes to <laughs> show up to these beat-hitting monsters and then be the the unexpected or take the risk, basically, mm. of making them feel uncomfortable with something that you're about to do. Mm. Um. I, I guess, what is, what's your biggest hope? Into making people feel uncomfortable? <laughs> or into what you make and what you're working on. And right. Um, yeah. I guess it's, you know, to just ask a question. You know? I think that's, that's pretty much... What I really enjoy doing, and I feel as though a lot of people like doing it, they spend a lot of the days doing that with each other, you know, questioning things, like questioning each other. How's your day? Mine's good. How's yours? You know, it's just in a bigger form, (laughs) you know. And, um, yeah, I think where I'd like to see it, I I guess I really think that there's a lot of crossing cultures and... There's a, there's a lot of things going on right now and I think, you know, especially with, like, genres, it's getting so much, you know, less clear. Mm. And I, I remember just listening to so many teachers, um, especially, like, in the hip-hop world, they're, you know, very precious about their history, which is so amazing and so incredible and I fully respect that. Um, and I found such big interest in it. And then I think it wasn't until I, I was older and then I realised, hang on, I'm actually cross-cultured. So what's wrong with that? Like, I, don't, I actually really enjoy being that. So why can't we actually just mix? Like, why is mixing such a bad thing, you know? Like, and, I, and it's evolving. We can't stop it. So it's like instead of, I guess for me, instead of hating on it, why not just join the fun and, and explore, like... And I, I think I just want to, you know, keep doing that, from, you know. And I'm pretty sure it's exciting to watch because it's different, you know. Yeah, something, something new to see. Yeah. And maybe it's what you were saying about your support network. Hmm. They are also moving. And they, move, they, oh, yeah. don't, they don't have to move in your direction or close to your direction, but they're mm. moving. And so maybe it's something about if you at least consider your audience and your viewers and you mm. take them something that you don't know if they're ready for, if you're ready to share, mm. it's an invitation to keep moving. Yeah, totally. The audience also becomes your support network that is still moving. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it's kind of almost um, normal now in this generation, you know, especially with, like, t- 
technology and things evolving so fast. People are evolving so fast and open to more things because they're you know exposed to so many things all the time and it's really cool to see i see a lot of dancers trying different genres these days you know compared to what it used to be i feel even from the very short years of my life like <laughs> learning how to you know just sticking to ballet for like most of my life and then doing other stuff you know it's like it's really different now do you think there are more genres than there used to be or do you think we just know them differently like they have different things around them but the movement pathways yeah I really wonder how many movement pathways can exist within Mm. the human body yeah totally whatever it is that I do now that I call this thing Mm. and I wear um, loose clothes and I've got a loud (laughs) amplified music somebody else (laughs) used to do it and they would do it um, naked to the sound of the waterfall, but it's the same move <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fully. No, but it's and it's funny because nowadays there's not so much labels as well. Like it almost doesn't have enough time for labels. You yeah, know? the things evolve too fast <laughs> yeah. for everyone to know what the label is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just really cool. Yeah, exciting, and I think. You know, people used to get really scared with if you're a ballet dancer going to a hip hop class, you're mentally already kind of shut down a big part of hope. <laughs> you know? Talk to me about hope. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're almost always, you're going to go in there going, oh, I can't do this. Like, I, I'm definitely like, they don't even have hope for it. They're just, they kind of don't even give them that, yeah, that chance themselves i remember going kayaking Mm. a few months ago there's a group called paddle club (laughs) that is great yeah and it's just a locker lockers (laughs) full of kayaks near the river in perth sick and i because i um am good at climbing things and because i work physically and because i know how to dance Mm. i just expected to be good at it yeah. And I wasn't good at it. <laughs> right. And it, like... That kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I came right yeah. up against this expectation of my own proficiency. Yeah. And I imagine when something is called dance, that's even higher. Mm. That you expect that you should be able to be good at something because the other thing that you do has been built up so much. Yeah. <clears throat> like... People tell you that piano will help you with every other instrument you'll ever learn or that ballet will mm. set the basis for everything and then you go and do salsa or contact impro. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. And I have to relearn. Like, yeah. I'm almost starting from scratch and that's okay. Mm. That's the hope thing, actually. Yeah. It's almost also the imposter syndrome where you feel like at any moment you're going to get caught out and asked mm-hmm. to leave. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's so funny because I, th- I think we also like to... I notice that sometimes, you know, if you're going to go into class and you almost know that you're going to suck at it, you want to make sure everyone knows about it. Yeah, you announce. <laughs> it's like a disclaimer. Yes. Yeah, you're like, I'm not going to be good at this, guys. I'm not. So that maybe, hopefully, you might be a little bit better than what you've said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Humans are so it is. weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you said about hope. 
think. You kind of will live up to your hope. Mm. And if you have no hope... Yeah. Mm. Do you think... I wonder if there is an actual ability... Ah, is With the world as it is, connected as it is, mm. I wonder if being cross-cultural is as possible as it used to be. And maybe... In dance or...? Yeah, in dance and in holidays, which holidays you celebrate and don't, and mm. what, like, are we by default cross-cultural in the food that we eat just because we happen to have all of it on offer? Or, like, mm. or is that just now a new culture, a broader culture? Yeah. And it, a cooler one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because I do like knowing that... Tuesday is like cheap schnitzel night, but then Wednesday <laughs> lunchtime, the best dumplings I've ever had. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think of myself, I don't think of it, okay, I'm going to go and have some white food and then I'm going to go and have some Asian food. Mm. It's actually just delicious food. Yeah, totally. But I wonder if we'll get there with dance or if some of us already mm. are. Like, I imagine you no longer think when you do ballet that you're doing, you're going to do a French dance. And then later <laughs> yeah. when you go and do some street stars, you don't go and do like an African-American dance. Mm. You're yeah. doing... But, like, but it's weird because we still like hold it in our minds well, as separate things. Yeah, because I think in some ways, yeah, it is, it is different, especially if you are taking that um, class... And if it's very, I don't know, like, very strict, almost, yeah. you know, like, if you're... Rooted in its historical culture and yeah, context. it's not almost like a fusion class, like, if it's, like, that traditional, you know, just say yeah. if you're going to, like, a ballet class and stuff, I think what makes it hard for dance is the character of it plays such a big part. So you have to change characters so often, and you can't almost... It, it is hard to attack that movement, you know, like... Even just like a ballet arabesque, it's never going to look the same if you don't have that, I don't know, like that lift presence, you know? It's so, it's not, it's actually not really about the physical hands. It can mm. be exactly where they are, but it is the character and the energy mm. that you're giving off. And I think that's what makes it harder to be cross cold. I, I, you know, like, I don't know, like to. Yeah, yeah, because it's a complete. It just, character shift yeah like especially if you're going from ballet to dance hall like you cannot <laughs> attack dance hall in a ballet <laughs> character you know it's just i don't i mean it'd be nice to watch i'd love to see someone attempt it mm. but to get those grooves mm. you have to it's actually you know and it's also it's also culture like it's the way they stomp their feet it's actually not how far your feet is lifted off the floor until it hits the ground in this amount of impact. It's actually, I find, more character and it's, yeah. When I'm trying to get into the ballet character, I, f mm. I <laughs> see myself in the mirror lifting my eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, me <laughs> Wherever too. Wherever I can't lift my foot, I'll lift, just lift my eyebrows higher. <laughs> Yep, completely. <laughs> but then whenever somebody, like if there's been a dress-up night or dress-up party I've gone to and people have dressed up as in hip-hop gear or something mm -hmm. and they don't usually, they're, they're somehow always pouting. <laughs> <laughs> I 
understand yeah. that, like maybe if I'm at a hip hop class and I'm trying to I don't know the character yeah there's like there's characters <laughs> can be like makeup or they can actually yeah. be more embedded and more in in your gut or something yeah totally I remember like when I first got into hip hop just trying to master the stance <laughs> 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 and I'd watch so many movies like you got served and just like rewatch it and just watch their body language of how they would have conversation and I'd just go out and just try it at school god I don't know how that would have I don't know how people were still friends with me but yeah <laughs> but uh, that's what we must all do all the time we just see what we see and then we end up doing varying percentages of what that is and then the the mix of those make us up and it's either completely accidental or it's like you say there's some things that have inspired us Mm. and we gravitate towards it yeah i remember like fresh prince of bel-air was Mm. the most constant dance that i would see in Mm. my life those whenever someone would yeah bust a move carlton especially Mm. (laughs) it was like there's such joy. You mm-hmm. can't do those moves without that joy. It's not the same move. Exactly. It's like Bollywood. You cannot do it with a frown. It just doesn't work. <laughs> so happy. I love it. Do you find um, character shifts like that when you're traversing other cultures, when you're traversing Sydney mm. to Gold Coast culture, or when you're traversing... Yeah. Anglo to Japanese culture or Yeah, like I feel like when I'm in Gold Coast I definitely become a little bit more bogan than I usually am. <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah, hang on, mate, no, not really, not that bad. But like sometimes you catch yourself and you go, Whoa. Or like, yeah, definitely Japan. Even as soon as I start speaking Japanese, I feel as though my voice changes. Even, like, my voice changes, my humour changes, my body stance changes, everything changes. It's because, like, you can't, I don't know, you, Japanese especially, you know, we make so many sounds. Mm. Like, you know, even to laugh, I don't know, it, it, we make, it's such a, I don't know, like, expressive language as well. So, I don't know, I just seem to adapt to, like, this... Japanese humour like <laughs> where I'm not like that when I'm in Australia <laughs> so yeah definitely I have like almost split personality but still the same person just like yeah mm. yeah it's definitely an on and off switch though and and neither of them are fake somehow like they're, mm. they're a way for you to be your most authentic you yeah with those people that you happen to be around yep. so that they and you can communicate like in the same like you said in the same language whether it's physical or yeah and it's it's funny because actually when you say that now I'm starting to realise why I act like that and it's because I only was there until I was 8 years old so I almost go back to like this wow. 8 and everyone remembers me as this 8 year old and yeah, I seem to go back into like this, and they always tell me that I've never changed. And it's, um, I think it's because it's I put on the Japanese cap. <laughs> <laughs> Eight-year-old Japanese eight cap, exactly. I remember yeah. this morning. I think the first time I met you, mm. um, and I don't remember you saying anything. 
and I, we were on the side so of the street uh-huh. with Trav, like oh, near that's Central. the first time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure we spoke at the bridge. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. Forgot about that. Yeah. It's a strange thing mm. to meet somebody and then not meet them, and then years later meet them. Yeah. And like, at which part do you know something or know somebody? At which part is a dance style that you're testing or tasting or mm. trying? Mm. At which part are you that? Mm. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And yeah. At, at which point are you Australian? Like, at which mm. point are you not Japanese moved to Australia, mm. but you are fully fledged Australian as Australian as anybody else yeah totally and how like how high do you have to lift your eyebrows before you're a ballet dancer (laughs) yeah it's so true yeah I wonder I wonder that too because I even still find myself when people ask all the styles that I do I feel like I need to qualify because I have such respect for break and for hip-hop within uh, the culture not within maybe music videos I don't know enough about it but hip-hop is a fully-fledged multifaceted culture of skills that I wouldn't profess to anybody that knows anything about it that Mm -hmm. I can do it because I know how much I can't do yeah yeah but then I also know that there's some things that I can do and in the right circumstance that could still be useful or beneficial or something yes like i know enough to to jam with people if that's what they want to do then yeah but no i used to i feel like i used to have that same feeling too or i still do i will probably always will you know but just especially like if i'd go to america i just always be so overwhelmed to how much i don't know (laughs) about hip-hop and and how awesome the culture is and there's such a big reason why they do try and keep it the way it is because I don't think, you know, especially something like ballet and jazz, we have syllabuses written down in a book. But that's the awesome thing about hip-hop. It, it, I was just know, about to say, that's one of the best a, things about it, that it becomes what it needs to be for the community that it's operating in. Yeah. So cool. And I think it's still yet to be explored, you know. Yeah, it's really cool what's coming out, I think. And I think if um, old generations and new generations can somehow, like, work together, well... Well... Mm. Often I ask if there's any like, epiphanies to end on, but that felt like a really, <laughs> a really good one. Well, well yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the quote at the top of the website where it's like, <laughs> yes. Whoa, you can over cue. I was like, damn, I got to listen to that podcast. Yep. Nah, but is yeah. Is there anything just to give you an op- opportunity? <laughs> is there anything that you feel like? Just a, th- a thought or an epiphany or an idea or that you really try and hold on to or that you want to spread? or um, I don't know. 
Or you still haven't worked out that you're still thinking about? Oh, yeah, I have so many of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think just figuring out... Yeah, it's been really awesome learning um, contemporary dance, for real. You know, not, not what I thought was contemporary. And I really love that it questions. And I think that's something that Anthony Hamilton, I just did his workshops... And that's what he said was, um, I love that contemporary dance questions. And I was like, yes, because I am all about the questioning. Always have been like, why? How? But when? What do you mean? But really? Like, is that the answer? Is that the end? Because we used to think that the world was flat. Now it isn't. And it probably still isn't round. So, you know, I think it's really cool that, like, I think everything we spoke about was pretty cool, you know, just especially like cross-culture of dance and what is. I think I'm kind of excited to see it to the point where we're like, yeah, what actually is jazz? Which is definitely, it's almost kind of turning to that point. And there's always a bad to that as well. I think I see that in Japan. I kind of feel sad when I see my um, culture be taken over by like new buildings it is sad but i think it's nature in a way (laughs) as like how much it's almost not but um i think it's really cool that it happens and i mean i try and embrace it as much as we can i can what what do you think would have to happen for you to um feel good about saying that you're a contemporary dancer as well definitely study more <laughs> take more classes <laughs> because what what i really learned um in this conversation listening to you is that the moves are not the thing that make you that type of dancer mm. it's it's an investment and an understanding and an, an appreciation for the culture and the community mm. that come together around those moves and those events yeah true that's just what i feel like you've been saying Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, you're Clean insightful, really awesome Kino. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> just when you said like learning contemporary, not what I thought it was, mm. it seems like the only difference really is not that you've been taking different classes because that can always be same, but it's that mm. you've been getting into the community. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the community is pretty awesome. <laughs> I love the for so many it. things. Yeah. And something that you said right at the start about um having something that you were going to share and then being worried about if this was the right place. No, choosing that place because it was mm. the, the most intimidating place to share it. Yeah. Reminded me of something that um Vanessa mm-hmm. said on the last podcast which was that um whenever she's worried or intimidated or she's going out to teach a group a new group of people or show something to a new group of people she does it and then she realises that they are just people too yeah yeah humans humans (laughs) yeah I know we all think that some are like super aliens I know it's so true like I remember this teacher (laughs) saying once some people come to classes you know and they want to know like what are their super superman strengths that they use but really 
you know, it's just, it's just muscles and we all have them. Or, you know, I don't know, what is it? It's, it's, it's different for everyone, but totally. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Keno. Thank you, Matt. That was fun.